Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. This is the John Oakley Show podcast. There is a lot of other things that I wanted to address, and some have legal implications, so I wanted to get Joe Newberger in here, Global News Radio's legal expert, with Newberger and Partners, and hopefully he can put these things into proper perspective, as usual. Joseph, how are you doing this afternoon? I'm outstanding. How are you, John? Likewise, fine, and I appreciate you joining us. I've got to ask you about this first and foremost. Now, uh, this is an ongoing sore spot with a lot of folks. It's the El Quds Day rally taking place at Queen's Park. Not at the park per se this year. They're going to do it out front of the American Consulate on University Avenue. But this has been said to be by people like B'nai B'rith and others that uh, they are really inciting hatred towards Jews and uh, with their anti-Israeli uh, sentiment expressed on placards and posters and so on, like Zionism e- equals racism. Uh, right. That's one. Per- From a legal perspective, how do we define hate? Because they're saying police will be monitoring this, but so far uh, they haven't been denied a permit or anything like that. I-, I mean, where are we with this whole idea of free speech versus what is hate, and how do we make that call? It's difficult. Uh, you know, we, I think it's very important in a democratic society, you know, because we're an open society, that we protect freedom of speech even against uh, those individuals uh, who are espousing um, uh, points of view and perspectives that we find abhorrent and that may, in fact, border the line of, of racism. And sometimes exposure of these individuals to the public actually educates and doesn't quite Uh, do what they actually are hoping will be done by their demonstrations. That being said, there does come a point where if the speech in and of itself is calling upon certain actions or certain statements are able to incite um, not just hatred but uh, distinct violent actions against an identifiable group like the Jewish community, that's where the line has to be drawn and the city itself has to have some coherent policy and guidelines with respect to these types of demonstrations. And I think they're, they're trying to work on that right now. And I don't think anything in place is coherent at the moment. I think what is good is that the police will be there to monitor it, to see, you know, there will be an anti, um, there, there will be a group protesting against these individuals. And so they need to keep the peace, but they can also listen and, and see what this group is doing if it crosses the line. Well, they say it's sort of sponsored, and uh, it really came to, uh, I guess, uh, its origins are founded in the Iranian Hezbollah, which has been deemed to be a terrorist operation by the Canadian government. So anybody who might be flying a Hezbollah flag, for example, at tomorrow's rally, uh, would that constitute hate, and should they be charged for that? No, it doesn't constitute hate necessarily, but it is, you know, in support of a terrorist organization, and then that might... Uh, result in an investigation of the individual or individuals who are holding that flag and what role they may play uh, in relation to that group. If they're promoting it, if they are in some other way in support, then they may very well find themselves in a criminal investigation. Just by flying the flag itself doesn't mean they're necessarily inciting hatred or they're crossing the line of the, the hate laws. 
Yeah, it sort of seems to me like this is uh, kind of an ambiguous area here. It's not fully, yeah. like, finely defined. It's not, and, and it's hard because we do hold very precious in, in our society the protection of freedom of speech because it is extremely important. And, and you know, the greatest test to, you know, our democracy is being able to look at and listen to uh, a people or a group say something that strikes to your very core and makes you extremely upset about it, but we still protect that speech because of what we believe in, and that is for everybody. Um, but why this is touching such a sensitive nerve is we are seeing such a rise in in hatred, in hate crimes, in uh, you know fra- fractured communities now because of what's going on across North America, and we see a rise in in not just actions against the Jewish community or other communities, but also against the Muslim community as well. And I think we need to be on guard to make sure we don't go down a slippery slope here, and we're protecting the rights of those groups as well, so that they are safe from racism, they're safe from hatred. All right, eternal vigilance. With Joe Newberger, Global News Radio's legal expert, you know, sometimes we hear the phrase, who's watching the watchers? There's an interesting story out of Durham region where a police constable there, Hussein Aswat, nine-year veteran, uh, pleaded guilty to two counts of trafficking coke back in 2017. And, uh, you know, some of the salient points, uh, he had met some undercover officers, uh, two females who, I guess, uh, kind of leading him on, but uh, he bought an ounce of coke uh, or they bought an ounce of Coke with his help, and then, uh, you know, he was in uniform on another occasion. He was, uh, I guess, running a scan on the police cruiser uh, computer to see, uh, you know, if the purchasers were kosher and so on and so forth. The whole thing, while in uniform, I mean, it uh, speaks to the outrage of a police officer certainly, you know, betraying the trust that way. So when it comes to a potential sentence, because my understanding is uh, he's now suspended with pay till this trial works its way through, or even though he's pleaded guilty, uh, first of all, suspended with pay. If he's pled guilty, uh, if he's being sentenced, does he the pay get clawed back? How does that work? Well, my best understanding is once somebody has made an admission of guilt, uh, they should now go to non-paid suspension. Um, so when a trial is outstanding um, and they are presumed innocent, they can remain on a suspension with pay. But once there is a finding of guilt, and that usually happens when you enter the guilty plea and the sentencing may have been put over, that's the end of pay for this individual. And then once the criminal sentence has been meted out, the uh, Police Services Act comes into play and the individual would be prosecuted under the Police Services Act. But they don't claw back the pay from the time of being charged, though, do they? They don't, and there are there are remedies under the Police Services Act. I No doubt this person will be, uh, you know, will lose their job, but there are ways to deal with uh, certain fines and financial issues th- through the um, Police Services Act prosecution. But what's most important here, frankly, is that there is a very good investigation that uncovered, that uncovered this, and resulted in a guilty plea. But And I know to the public it, it sometimes is very disturbing, but when people are suspended with pay, we have to, again, keep into mind that until somebody's found guilty by a court, that they are presumed innocent. Well, uh, would there be a more serious sentence for a police officer in this instance? Absolutely. Yeah, you're right. Absolutely, because it's a breach of trust of the public as well. I mean, he holds a important position in the community as a police officer. He has that trust element. So this is more than just committing a crime. This was an individual using their position as a police officer to further their criminal endeavors. And so this will attract a much higher sentence, in my opinion, or it ought to, than, let's say, some individual who's, uh, you know, had 
all sorts of issues and was a drug addict and had to be engaged in drug trafficking to support their habit and other things. This is a very significant breach of trust. So let me ask you finally about another bad actor in the workplace. Did you hear about this nurse or uh, yeah. reported nurse in Jean Kier just outside of Montreal? 20, 20 years, 20 years working yeah. as a nurse, even in surgery. <laughs> And she ain't no nurse. I no, mean, she might have done well. I mean, I don't think I'm right reading that there's been any complaints about her competency, believe it or not. Right. So uh, let's just let her go on uninterrupted. We need good nurses. And if she's we a do. fine. That's, that's... There's shortages all over the place. Look, you know, if she's doing a good job, let's train her. <laughs> let's turn a willful blind eye and uh, not look a gift horse in the mouth. Uh, well, this isn't the, the question, I guess. She sort of betrayed uh, something here. She falsified documents. Uh, but is it entirely on her, or could you cite uh, the employer or the nurses association or whatever? Somebody in the, the food chain of the health ministry also has to wear the goat horns, no? Well, yeah. I mean, you know, they don't look good in all this. But when somebody, I mean, from what I've read, this person was exceptionally adept at uh, at being dishonest in their acts and being able to use another person's uh, a code or number in order to... Uh, uh, get this job and to move on so and to have the license. So I think this person was extremely sophisticated in the way they went about it. And so really the blame has to fall with, with this individual. Um, you know, but it's interesting. You know, I, I, I have some sympathy for the fact. I mean, it's in a very difficult career. We don't want to tarnish the work by other nurses who are properly certified, have their licenses, have real, really toiled away uh, in school and put up with very difficult um, situation in hospitals because of healthcare across this country. But, you know, this person wanted to work in a very important uh, field and, you know, I don't see any complaints, but she has to be dealt with as a criminal because this is impersonation. There's acts of dishonesty, which will result in fraudulent documents, etc. So this can attract a very serious sentence as well, because the public relies upon our healthcare system and those in power who are regulating it to ensure that we are being taken care of by people who are properly trained and licensed. In this case, nothing may have gone awry, but you can imagine if, God forbid, there was some error in surgery, this would we'd be, we wouldn't be laughing. We would be going, oh, my God, what an incredible uh, tragedy. Well, uh, mindful of this, I guess it was a story out of Hamilton about 15, 20 years ago where a guy is posed as a doctor for yeah. uh, the bulk of a, a lifetime, like 25, 30 years, and then he was found out. He was never accredited, not a real doctor, but the kicker was uh, the patient still wanted to go and see the guy after he was found out. Yeah, so. I mean, you know, it's, it's shocking. We've seen people who've, who've impersonated lawyers, and, you know, the, the reality is there is a rule there are regulations in place. Education is extremely important, and the public needs to be protected so that they are getting the proper care from these individuals, and they know that they can go to a hospital and be safe and sound. And, and it's just, you know, we make a little bit of light of it, but it is extremely serious. Understood. And so if the guy's not really a lawyer, but he's never lost a case, uh, yeah. <laughs> that's really good. It means we got to do something different with law school. <laughs> there you go. So it's on the law school after all. All right. Uh, some fun here for the Friday afternoon yeah. edition. Thanks so much, Joe, as always. Always a pleasure, John. Take care and have a great weekend. Thank you. You too. Joseph Newberger, Global News Radio's legal expert with Newberger and Partners. Thanks for listening to the John Oakley Show podcast. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe for free at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and anywhere else you get your on-demand audio.